0: are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles. This is episode number one. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast. I help high achieving corporate women stop over drinking in 90 days without having to miss out on life. Each week I'll provide tools and insights you can start using right away to transform your relationship with drinking and go from thinking alcohol makes things better to not missing it one bit. Hi all and welcome to the podcast. Very excited to have you with me here today. Okay, so I wanted to start this podcast series right at the very beginning by answering the question, why we drink? Or more specifically, why we drink even when we don't really want to? Now I need to stress, I'm talking about those people who are highly functioning, whose life isn't being negatively affected by alcohol in a significant way. If you're an alcoholic, where you're drinking to avoid withdrawal symptoms, or if you believe you are addicted, well, that's something different and not what I'm addressing here. But if you think you drink a little too much, or if you find it hard to stop or to say no, but you're completely functioning in life, you know, things are going well, you're holding down a job, you have constructive relationships, then the reason for most people why they struggle with alcohol is really rather mundane. It's habit. It's something our brains have learned through repetition and that's it. Before we explore this further, let me say what this does not mean. It doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean you're powerless. It doesn't mean you need to declare yourself helpless or vulnerable or that you're incapable of change. It really means your brain is functioning well and that you're a good learner, a very good learner in fact. It's that simple. You drink because your brain learned to drink and you were the one who taught it. But you didn't just teach your brain to drink, you taught your brain to desire and expect drink after work at restaurants with friends at the weekend at celebrations when you get bad news when you go to visit a particular friend i mean this is how habits are formed let's look at this first you learn through repetition you get good at things you practice it's just like the first time you rode a bike You probably spent a few hours trying and falling and trying and failing and falling until eventually you did it enough that you succeeded and you managed to stay on and cycle a couple of metres. Now think back to how long you've been drinking. That is a lot of practice. No wonder you got good at it. The second way you did this was you learned through triggers and cues. Now, the reason most people don't crave alcohol at breakfast is because we haven't taught the brain to drink alcohol at breakfast. Sunday brunch, maybe. It's okay to have a glass of champagne. But if you were to pop the cork and drink a glass on a Tuesday before heading out for work, now most people would say that's a bit weird. And the point is here that cravings don't just appear. You're not having cravings at any old time. You're having cravings at the moments you've taught your brain to desire alcohol. At trigger points. And these may be trigger times or locations or emotions. You come in from work, so that's a trigger time. You pour yourself a glass of wine. Go to the theatre. You get an interval drink. You hear bad news. That's an emotional trigger. You pour yourself a glass of wine. You see how the brain has developed a habit? But you didn't just learn on your own. You learned from people around you. From your colleagues that the end of the week is celebrated with a couple of rounds at the pub. From your family that champagne or failing that another fizzy alcohol is to be popped at celebrations. And all this is reinforced by society as a whole. It's no wonder you get good at it. Alcohol is so normalized and accepted in society. It's everywhere. Images of smiling faces on TV with drink in hand teach us that drink is fun. Think of the scenes of joy in films with people in restaurants drinking and chinking glasses. Of the sophisticated scenes in the bars with a cocktail in a fancy glass. Or a cocktail with a funny name. Think of the scenes when someone's upset. They've been fired from their job, lost a loved one. They reach for the booze and drink themselves into a stupor. And then there's a whole industry around sayings like wine o'clock or it's gin time, on greeting cards and fridge magnets and wrapping paper and bags and t-shirts. For my recent birthday, half of the cards were of this ilk. And then added to all of this, there's all the judgement that gets heaped into the mix. If you want to give up smoking, that's usually seen as a good thing. Don't take drugs, of course. Stop gambling, well that makes perfect sense. But stop drinking? What's the response you get? Why would you want to do that? Are you an alcoholic? Are you going to be teetotal? But that's so boring. How are we going to have fun when we go out? All these labels. Humans are pack animals and we want to be accepted. We are programmed this way because we are programmed for survival. Back in caveman days, to be cast adrift by the plan would have meant danger and possible death in going it alone. So we don't want to feel we're alone or ostracized, so we end up drinking when perhaps we wouldn't ordinarily. And for all the same reasons, it's no wonder it can feel hard to stop when you decide that perhaps you're drinking a bit too much. This is why it can seem scary when we seem to involuntarily drink and we wonder things like, am I an alcoholic? We fret and think, I drank a glass of wine even when I didn't want to drink. Everyone else seems to be handling it okay. What's wrong with me? But what I want to say to you if you're thinking this sort of thing is don't worry. Nothing's taking over you. It all makes perfect sense. It's just that you've learned how to desire alcohol. Think back to when you first drank. You probably didn't like it. It probably took you a few drinks or even a few years before you learned to desire it. You weren't born desiring alcohol. Desire is something that's learned. Now you are helped in learning this habit of how to desire alcohol by your brain. Because our brains are programmed to be efficient. Which is the second reason why we drink. Every day we do dozens of things that we've learned and do without much thought. Think about picking up a pen You just do it. You don't have to think I need to put my hand out, put my fingers out, stretch down grab the pen between a finger and a thumb and then lift it up no 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 we just do it automatically pouring a glass of water walking there's hundreds if not thousands of these daily routines that you can think of which we do automatically because imagine how long everything would take if we had to concentrate on all of these things now we experience the same type of automatic behavior when it comes to whole routines Just like driving a car the same route to work or brushing your teeth twice a day. There are so many day-to-day things we've taught our brain to do. And we do this because it saves energy for other new things we have to tackle, which require more brain power. And think about it, we even use those words, brain power. Things like driving to a new place or learning a new recipe or starting a new job. Finally, we reinforce this quest for efficiency through having thoughts about alcohol that promote the habit in our brain. And you may not even know you're doing this. Here are some examples of the things that people tend to think. Everyone else is doing it. It's fun to drink. I drink to relax. I drink to take the edge off stress and anxiety. I drink because I deserve it. It's a reward, it's a treat. It makes an experience better. I drink to let my hair down. I drink to be bad. I drink because I'm not allowed to. I drink because it's expected of me. You drink to feel at ease. You drink to feel more confident, to connect with others, to join the party, and so on and on it goes. We go around thinking these thoughts and drinking and thinking these thoughts and drinking over and over and over and over again for days, weeks, months, years on end. You think, I want to feel confident, and then you drink. You repeat this enough until you eventually associate feeling confident with drinking. You see how this goes? On top of all this, you also have thoughts against stopping drinking. You think things like, it's so boring. Who drinks apple juice in a bar? It's embarrassing. People will think I'm an alcoholic. They'll think I've got a problem. I'll feel stigmatized. I'll be accused of being sober and boring. I'll be questioned about not drinking and feel pressured into explaining myself and what will I say? I'll feel the need to justify not drinking and then I'll feel deprived and, well, in any case, the whole experience would be that much worse without a drinking my hand, so why bother? You see, you're getting it from both sides. You're getting the thoughts that encourage your desire to drink, things like it's fun, and you're getting the thoughts that dissuade you from stopping, things like it's boring. And all of these thoughts run automatically and below our consciousness, and they keep us drinking. Ultimately, all these things point to the same thing. We just want to feel good. And we learn unconsciously that drinking is how we do this. This is what we teach our brain. So when you try to change the drinking habit because it really isn't serving you, and you try to say no, then suddenly you're in this dilemma. If drinking was what you did when you wanted to have fun or to feel accepted or more confident or it was the way you dealt with pain or disappointment, then what on earth are you supposed to do now? Your desire to feel good isn't just going to go away. If all this sounds like you, you want to drink while not wanting to drink and you want to stop while having thoughts against stopping, you're normal. I was there too. It means you're healthy and you're a good learner, like I said at the top of the podcast. It means your brain has associated reward with drink and it's learned it really, really well. There's no need to hide in shame and to not want to talk about it. What you're doing makes absolute perfect sense. It explains why you go to a bar intending to drink water but ask for wine instead. So if you're beating yourself up about this, it's time to stop doing that right now. And that's your action for this week. Cut out all the bad-mouthing you say to yourself, and you know you do this. When you accept the drink, you had intended to decline. Because labelling yourself isn't going to help you get to where you want to be. So in summary, there's a very simple and understandable reason why you drink. It's a habit. A habit you've taught yourself, and that you have perfected over years of repetition. A habit your brain runs very efficiently, thank you very much and which you encourage with your own thoughts about drinking. But as with any habit, this doesn't mean it's permanent, none of this does. If you want to change it, you can, and I can help you do this. More next week. In the meantime, I'm offering a free web class on how to transform your relationship with alcohol. The link is right there in the show notes, and I've created it especially for you thank you so much for listening to the podcast now whether you are looking to just take a breather from alcohol cut back over the long term or quit entirely i'm inviting you for a discovery session to see if we can help you over here at 90 days later this is a completely free of charge no strings attached call if you want complete freedom around alcohol Having a coach is the way to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? You can sign up right there in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's show, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review to let me know and to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast. You can click in the link in the show notes for step-by-step instructions on how to follow, rate and review.